Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. Thanks for joining us today for an inspiring message from our West location. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. So we've been invited a couple, or uh, introduced a couple times. Uh, for those who still aren't clear who we are, good morning, welcome. Good morning, Good to see welcome. you this morning. Watch out for that there. ice there. Good to see uh, you. High five, low five. There, now the you recognize okay, no, us, right? right? From the front door. So we have the privilege uh, and the honor of being able to uh, speak for the next half hour or so. Um, I assume that timer will start any moment, but maybe not yet. Oh, good, 32 minutes. Right, um, so we're going to speak on relationships. Uh, we're going to kind of take uh, our slant, and then for the next three weeks, uh, we're just different people are going to build on it. Um, it's so critical, and yeah, I'm just going to look at my notes because this isn't going to work well. Okay, um, nothing has more potential to bring uh, both pleasure and pain into our lives uh, than relationships, and we mm-hmm. we have here relationships. It's complicated with a slash through it, which means we just tend to make it complicated. The principles of God are actually very straightforward and very um, applicable to real life. God's a very practical God. Um, Appreciate from uh, Pastor Stephen a couple of months ago, he also highlighted that relationships are awkward. So, you know, complicated and awkward. (laughs) So we kind of need help in this uh, realm because our God, our creator, is a very relational God. We already heard that this morning, that he doesn't need us to serve him. He doesn't need us to give to him. He desires relationship with us so much that he paid such a horrendous price through Jesus to purchase us back um, to him so that we can come with boldness um, before his throne. Um, just some scriptures to start off with here. Uh, Proverbs 13.20. See if that comes up on the screen there. Um, it says, walk with the wise, or live in conjunction with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. And uh, the expanded Tyler version says, walk with a wise guy, and you'll probably learn some funny jokes. Um, but anyways, I digress, because that's what I do. All right, so Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And again, relationships are for having fun in life, they're for doing life with, but there's also practical application in friendship, in friendships to help us, you know, keep ourselves accountable. And sometimes the sparks fly. Sometimes, yes, as iron sharpens, iron sharpens iron there. So um, so some of the principles we're going to present this morning, um, they are going to be applicable to relationships, but God's principles are holistic. They're like a continuum. What applies to relationships will apply to Finances will apply to health, will apply to walking in peace. So just kind of be aware if the Holy Spirit, um, if God kind of puts his finger on something that we might be saying, or it might be something that just comes out of left field. This is the context where God wants to speak uh, to his people here. So hopefully over this session and the next several weeks, we're all going to get some um, good advice on how to uh, breathe life and stability into our relationships. So I'm just going to... And you're just going to say, what is the title of our message this morning? Oh, 
I'm going to say what the title of our message is this morning. Again, iron sharpen iron right here. <laughs> Practical application. What is the title of our? <laughs> Building, no, growing. Growing godly relationships. Okay, I kind of miss, <laughs> missed that. We're still working on things, yeah. you know. <laughs> this, is, this is real life, folks. Yeah. This is not scripted. Well, it's yeah. sort of scripted, but. So anyways, um, all the more, let's pray. Wow. Okay, Father, we're just so thankful for what you're going to do in the hearts of the people this morning. Um, we just acknowledge you that you're going to be touching people's hearts, just highlighting uh, different um, aspects of this message or whatever you want to speak to people. Uh, and then help us not to lose that highlight, to not let it just drift away into nothingness, but actually to start the conversation with you as to why you're highlighting that particular point. So, Father, we just offer our voices, we offer our message to you, and we just thank you that you love people, you love relationships, and you're going to do amazing things here this morning. Amen. Amen. We're going to lay a foundation uh, before we get into the, the nitty-gritties of relationships. So we're going to lay a foundation, which is the foundation from the word on relationships. And this was highlighted already this morning. We're going to go to Matthew 22, verse 35 to 40. And this is a story where an expert of the law comes to Jesus and is trying to trap him. He's an expert in the law, and he's asking Jesus in verse 36, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replies, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So we all uh, have heard about or know what the Ten Commandments are all about. Well, all of them hang on loving God, loving people as we love ourselves. Finding a God and people valuable and precious, apprising people, holding them in high regard. And if we do the greatest law, we'll automatically be covering um, the rest of the laws. Uh, you might uh, think, like I used to think, you know, being spiritual might mean that I need to know more. I'm more spiritual if I know more. Maybe I can quote more Bible verses or something like that. I might be more spiritual if, um, you know, if I work really hard or if, at least if I'm always right. But it turns out being more spiritual has to do with my love walk, my relational life. That is how I need to measure my spiritual growth in my life. Do I appreciate and value the people around me? Do I even consider God as precious and hold him in high regard? Tyler? Right. So just the greatest commandments again. First, love God. Love people as we love ourselves. Um, as Marianne highlighted, nothing is going to impact our lives and our relationships more than how we're going to relate to our creator, God. Um, we read there up there in, in Matthew, and G Jesus was qu quoting from Deuteronomy 6, 5, and we'll maybe just put that up there, um, that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Now, God isn't giving this command because he's some sort of insecure divine being that just needs us to love on him because he's not feeling all that great about himself. Uh, no, in contrast, he, he put that out there 
love has to do with value. Love has to do with high, uh, holding in high regard. Until we actually put a high value on God, we, we're not going to trust him. And life is just way too complicated to walk through just trying to figure things out with our own puny brains. As much as some of us think we can, uh, life quickly educates us that that is not the case. We just, we just don't have the bandwidth, and we weren't created to operate independently of God, even though many people do try that. So finding wholeness in our relationship with God is going to lay a good foundation with how we relate to other people. Conversely, if we don't find wholeness in God, we're going to start using other people to try and meet those God-only needs. And that's where uh, we get into codependent relationships and um, we get vexed when other people don't meet those God-only needs. James tells us, as we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. And so there's a dynamic there. We need to take the steps and then God takes the step. And we take a step and God takes a step. Not sure why that is, but God initially pursued us. So now he's looking for us to pursue him. God is over the moon excited to spend time with us. And he's just wanting us to lay down our inhibitions, lay down our traditions, lay down our insecurities and just run to him and he will receive us as we've seen in the story of the prodigal with open arms. So now Marianne's going to speak on one of the most powerful principles in the kingdom of God. And one of the most powerful principles in the kingdom of God is the law of the seed, the law of the seed. Now I can be sometimes a bit of a science geek. I really like the latest research and discoveries that they've made and all this kind of thing. And so I love the laws of nature as they are. Uh, for example, the law of gravity. You can count on the law of gravity. You can count on it. I mean, I could keep walking off the end of this stage and imagine that it's all going to be good. It'll all be great. But the law of gravity might interrupt my plan. Um, I mean, scientists can describe the law of gravity uh, in different ways, what the effects are, but they actually don't really know what it is. It's interesting. So while I'm on the stage, I'm not worried that suddenly I'm going to start lifting off. And I may end up on the ceiling, glitch in the law. The law of gravity doesn't have glitches. Similarly, uh, the law of the seed, the law of sowing and reaping, can be counted on. We can count on the law of sowing and reaping. Anyone else here into gardening? Um, yeah, I'm a crazy garden girl, so I'm pouring over Truth. seed catalogs. Tyler rolls his eyes at me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm what's considered a, um, a garden bachelor from springtime <laughs> till about November, and then I see my wife again, so. <laughs> well, you do see me. <laughs> yeah, I see her out the window. That's about oh. it, yeah. <laughs> So the law of the sowing and reaping started about when the law of gravity was in effect, really. Uh, round thereabouts. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 to 13, God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And so I can tell you from ex personal experience that one seed doesn't just reproduce itself. I don't put a, a little green pea in the ground and I get another little green pea back. No, I get a harvest. Otherwise, really, what's the point? So, um, and the other thing is that when I put beans in the ground, I might really want mangoes. 
but I'm going to get beans. I'm going to get beans every time. So it's always beans from beans, and there's a harvest. So again, after the flood, God reaffirmed, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. And Jesus himself spoke about the law of the seed in his parables. We're always sowing and reaping in our relationships. We're always sowing and reaping. And um, I cannot harvest when I have not planted seeds. But I'm going to harvest something. Because I'm planting positive seeds or negative seeds or seeds of neglect. So I'm always planting seeds. The question is, what kinds of seeds am I sowing in relationships? And Tyler will uh, help us with a few examples of seeds. Awesome, thanks. Um, yeah, I actually just wanted to clarify how I introduce this. The most powerful or one of the most powerful uh, thing, um, the sowing and reaping uh, it's not just a church principle. This, this is throughout, mm -hmm. whether people acknowledge it or not, it is happening. It's just like gravity. You, you can deny it if you want, um, but gravity will soon teach you that it does exist. Um, so same with sowing and reaping. And sometimes we're just not aware of that process. So we're just going to go through a couple of different examples of sowing and reaping as it relates to relationships. Uh, but the sowing and reaping principle is across all the boundaries there. So first one I want to talk to is uh, sowing judgment versus sowing mercy. So just to define, so when I talk about judgment, again, a bunch of different ideas might come to your mind, but judgment is uh, when we look on the outside, well, as it relates to relationships, is when we look on the outside of a person and claim to understand what's going on inside the person. So we, we take a look at maybe a person's actions or um, how they're treating us, and we, we claim to know their motivation for that action or their, their, their why, why they do that. So 1 Samuel 16, uh, we see that Samuel actually makes this mistake and is corrected by the Lord there. So um, it says, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab, and this has to do with Samuel's called to go to anoint the next king of Israel. He goes to the house of Jesse. He has all Jesse's sons lined up there. And uh, Samuel takes one look at the eldest one, Eliab, and, and thought, surely, by virtue of his appearance, this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way we see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So this is what I'm referring to um, as judgment. We do tend to judge what's going on inside a person based on what we're perceiving from the outside. So judgment is not a spiritual gift? It is not a spiritual gift. So, um, and matter of fact, uh, we dare not tread where judgment goes. That is God's domain. We have no basis, no, and we have no basis of determining what's going on in a person's heart, whether we think it's good or whether we think it's bad. That is not our domain. That is the, the domain of God. So let's not um, uh, confuse ourselves by, by thinking that we can take God's place there. And plus, we have a hard enough time figuring out why we do the things we do we as opposed know. to trying to figure out why other people do uh, the things they do there. So, so um, I'm just going to read a little uh, excerpt here. Um, 
Anyone familiar with the Passion Translation? Um, I've just been totally enjoying that, just the trueness to the original language. But it was translated by a person named Brian Simmons, and he gives kind of a weekly um, excerpt or kind of a weekly um, uh, motivational thing here. And it's in the context of God whispering to us. So I just want to read this out here. It says, My child, be careful about judging the hearts of those around you. It's easy to justify your anger and pain, but I'm calling you to a higher lifestyle. And then he goes on to say, you see the outsides, and this is God speaking to us, but I see the hidden caverns of their hearts. I see their greatest need, and I'm asking you to pray for those who speak ill against you. So again, just um, counsel to not make those judgments uh, on what's going on in a person's heart. So now Mary Ann's going to speak on generosity versus selfishness. More seeds. Now, selfishness is when I only have value for myself and very little or no value for the people around me. It comes out in all kinds of different ways. Um, Maybe I start feeling like I need to control the situation or people. I might have to be the center of attention or I might like dig my heels in and resist change or I might just simply need to win the argument and be right. So when I start to be selfish in my relationships, they suffer, and I might even lose some of my relationships. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 and 2 tells us that there will be terrible times in the last days. Verse 2 says people will be lovers of themselves and and start to just, you know, uh, cocoon with themselves. And again, both Pastor Tim and Tyler have mentioned that when we experience our needs being met in the Lord then um, wholeness comes to us, healing comes to us, and we start to be able to have more and more healthy relationships. And so um, an example is this. I don't know if you remember the Lego movie. Okay, we like animations. And so in the Lego movie, uh, let's just bring it into our home. If I'm at home and I'm microwaving my lobster thermidor, just like Lego Batman did every night by himself, and ignored everyone else. Tyler comes home and he asks, what's for dinner? And I'm like, I don't know what you're having. I'm having this. Um, So that is an example of selfishness. Um, I'm having some kind of microwaved lobster and he's having nothing. Oh, would you like some water, dear? (laughs) Thanks, that's my breakfast, thanks. (laughs) So uh, don't just think of yourself. Don't be like Lego Batman. Consider the people around. What would bless them? And, you know, Melissa already spoke so well about living a generous life. And, um, man, I mean, this is a good time for a shameless plug for the relationship, the marriage (laughs) seminar on the 22nd. We'll see you there if you're coming. But here's the question. Will I open my life to include others? Am I generous with my praise, my encouragement, my gratitude, What about my time and treasures and talents? How can I bless other people? Just access the grace of God to expand our horizons. Um, We've heard this a lot. We can give without loving, but we can't love without giving. So even if I've sown negative seeds of selfishness in my life, or I'm kind of living in the harvest of the seeds I've sown, with God's grace, even today, we can, we can just uh, connect with him for the ability to open our hearts and our lives. 
godly relationships may also involve forgiveness. Eh, love? Right. Before I move on to forgiveness, just want to highlight again, if you're taking notes, just record this down. Don't be like Lego Batman. Okay, so that's, that's words, an important to, point. words to the wise right there. Um, so about forgiveness. So I don't know if anyone's actually figured this out yet, but um, there are at least a few ways, sorry, a few thousand ways that we can offend each other, just to clarify that. Um, Jesus himself said that things that cause people to stumble will come. So that's kind of a certainty in life. It's just a matter of what that's we're going to That's other people, right? Not us. No, no, of course. That's all you all. You all, y'all, y'all, are we going to the south? Anyways, um, so forgiveness has to do uh, with sending away the offense you may have towards another person, um, kind of disconnecting from the emotional hurt uh, that someone else might have uh, brought into your life, and they, they might have done it oblivious to even knowing that they did it. Um, forgiveness is not uh, condoning or sanctioning what the other person did and it forgiveness isn't even necessarily for the other person forgiveness is for you forgiveness is for releasing that um that pain that uh you know uh, what if i know i'm right even if you know you're right well that is something to repent on right there <laughs> um but yes even if you know you or you think you're right um but yeah forgiveness is about you being set free from the emo emotional connection to the offense and again, that doesn't mean that you're initially, um, once you do that, you're, you're going to trust the person right away. Trust has to be re-earned. If they violated your boundaries or even done something that um, needs to be dealt with in courts of law, they need to go through that process. Um, but it's just releasing you from the connection. So in Matthew uh, 6, uh, 14 and 15, just bring it up on the screen there. So this is Jesus talking, and he said, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refu refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Now, this is a translation. So this is a New Living Translation because that can't be true because Jesus has already paid the price to forgive us for our sins. So when we look into the original language for verse 15, it's, it says it more like this. If you refuse to send away your offense, your offense will not be sent away. God won't take it away from you. In other words, um, if we don't make the choice on our side to send away the offense we have to someone, it will simply remain with us, and it'll start eating us up from the inside out. And God cannot take that away. We have to send it away. So that's what that scripture is talking about. It's very powerful. Um, Colossians 3.13, it says, Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And I love the Passion Translation. I'm just going to read it out here. It just says, tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. Anyone have weaknesses? Just look straight ahead. Don't make eye contact. Um, forgiving one another in the same way that you have graciously been forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release this same gift of forgiveness uh, to them. So forgiveness is serious business. And again, if the Lord highlights a particular area, and normally he just speaks in a kind of a gentle whisper, take heed. This is your opportunity. This is your season. Mm -hmm. This is your opportunity of grace to release that and sever that painful mm -hmm. connection. Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to talk about uh, devaluing versus valuing people. And our list of seed is not exhaustive. We, right. We're just picking out some points. Right. So some things that we do sometimes to um, decrease value of people is one of them uh, is an example that, that uh, I noted is when we try to fix people. When we try to fix people around us, they get the message that they're not good enough. And I'm not talking about if somebody asks you for advice, okay, that's all great. Or if it's a counseling setting, that's different too. But when we just take it upon ourselves to be like, oh, well, you obviously, mm -mm 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 -mm. <laughs> and just try to fix people. Let's value people. We can't even fix ourselves. Jesus is the one who heals the brokenhearted. So some other things that... <clears throat> we might have been involved in or experienced is we have to get the last word in or win the argument. We talk over people. We fail to listen. Anybody besides me? Okay, you can raise your hand in your heart. <laughs> Sometimes we avoid difficult discussions or avoid making decisions uh, that affect other people. Or we might avoid people altogether. So uh, people are of utmost value and importance to God. He really, um, he really actually, in Genesis, where it talks about God creating man after his own image and likeness, it really gives you the sense of God created what he had already conceived in his heart. So he pondered, he meditated, he conceived of us, he conceived of you in his heart, and he had to have you born so he could have relationship with you. That was the whole point. While, he's just, while we're just in his heart, we couldn't have that relationship. He had to have someone who could actually reciprocate a loving relationship with him. And while we were alienated and broken and, and uh, out doing our own thing, at our worst, that's when God gave his, breast, his best, his most prized, his most uh, delight of his heart, uh, the one he, he loved, Jesus, his son. And so when he gave Jesus to take our place on the cross for our brokenness, our sin, our punishments, our weaknesses, our failures, he gave one of the same value to pay the price, you see. So we are as valuable to God as his only beloved son is to him. And value, uh, you know, when we feel that value, we will also be able to start seeing each and every person is valuable like that. You know, we so appreciate our time here at C3, and we have felt people being valued. And it's not just lip service from up here. But you know what? Even in, in behind the scenes, people are being valued. And people are important. And um, that's why we're here, really. You know, um, Tyler and I don't do everything perfectly, and our relationship isn't perfect. True, true story, yeah. I mean, it might seem like, well, I don't know, you know, you look all great and everything. But, you know, there are a couple of things that came to the surface that we, we do focus on. We try to appreciate the other person and what they contribute to our, our lives and our relationship. Even if it's just like chores around the house, we try to notice and appreciate. The other thing is... We don't try to joke around in the way that puts the other person down, that devalues them. So um, those are two things 
points that uh, came out for us. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 is considered the love chapter. It's all about love. And in verse 4 to 7, it starts describing what it looks like um, to experience and express love. So, I mean, there are all kinds of points here. We're not going to cover them all. Uh, it starts off, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, does not boast, and is not proud. Um, and Tyler's going to start with the first one, love is patient. Love is patient. Um, yeah, so we'll get into that. So patience, boy, this is something I have challenged with. My, uh, my personality type, I kind of swing between getting bogged down in the details as a very detail-oriented person and then just plowing ahead, just trying to get the hangdoodle done, like just to get everything done and often with uh, collateral damage. So patience is something that um, the Lord is patiently working on me with. Um, so just to kind of get the full experience as we're walking through this, I am going to very um, methodically and deliberately go through my voluminous 42 points on patience just to give you an opportunity to get those seeds flowing. Ushers, lock the doors, please. Thank you. Um, so, funny story. So, as we were preparing this, this week, uh, this, this message going through these points here, um, we were kind of discussing um, the order of things, and I was getting a bit impatient. And then I realized we were actually discussing this topic of patience, and there I was getting impatient. So, just because we're Presenting this truth. Actually, all of the points were All at the risk. points, yes. Okay, yes. <laughs> Impatience was woven through everything. So, um, so Ephesians 4, let's get back to the scripture here. Uh, with tender humility and quiet patience, uh, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially towards those who may what? Try your patience. So, this is um, God's command. Uh, for us, in the Passion Translation, Frank brings that out quite clearly there. Um, as Marianne was highlighting in the previous point on valuing people, it's a lot easier to exercise patience for someone when you do have a value, a God-given value for them. We're all very uniquely wired. No fingerprints, no two fingerprints are the same. No ear prints are the same. No eye prints or, ret or retina scans are the same. We're all very unique. We're, we're wired differently, we think differently, and that is a wonderful thing. And often in marriage relationships, that's how we get attracted to each other. There's something unique about that individual that attracts us to them. But then over time, that uniqueness can be a source of impatience. So, um, Except we just, for other people, but not for us. Right, yeah, you, you all, folks. Yeah, that's... Uh, um, so, instead of sowing seeds of impatience, let's just be patient and kind towards each other. That's what the scripture um, commands us to do, which means there's grace to do it. And so let's just be kind towards person. So Marianne's just going to finish up our final point here. Uh, the final point is unfriendly versus friendly. So Proverbs 18 verse 26 in the New King James Version says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The only thing I want to pick out of that is there's a correlation between friendliness and having friends. And go figure. So I have to sow the seed to get a harvest. If I go to a party, but I spend the whole time in a lonely corner looking at social media, I'll go away. And I won't have made any friends. I won't have sown any seeds in that direction. 
You know, Tyler and I are both introverts. We're both introverts. I know, you don't believe me. Nobody believes me when I say that because you're used to, hi, welcome, how are you? But we're both introverts. It just means that um, we recharge by alone time. We, but the thing is, we love people. We value people. So we choose to sow those seeds, and, we're, and the, there is grace for that because that's a value God has as well. So um, we love, yeah, and I love to get to know people's names. But even this morning, I'm like, I'm sorry, what was your name again? <laughs> and and uh, please have mercy on us on that one. Um, you can sow seeds of value for others. You can be friendly, introduce yourself, get to know people, share your life to whatever point you is a stretch for you. Is this the season that you get to be a part of one of our amazing service teams here at church? Is this a, maybe the hosting team? Just a random example and a shameless Do plug. It. Maybe it's time to join or start your own connect group. You know, it's a step of faith, isn't it? It's a step of faith. So you, we, we can uh, check out about the connect groups in the lobby by the info booth. And ladies, I mean, uh, Thursday mornings, if you're free, it's a great time to get together with other ladies and fellowship and get to know each other better. There are so many one another scriptures in the Bible. And uh, uh, some of them are, you know, love one another, encourage one another, forgive one another, submit to one another, uh, live at peace with one another. Well, guess what? We can't fulfill those scriptures unless there's another. So we're missing out on a whole on a whole section of the word there and a whole part of what was meant for our life in the body. Let's grow godly relationships. Awesome. Thank you. So those are just a couple of different um, types of relational seeds to sow. Again, like Marianne said, it's not a comprehensive list. Um, we're just about to wrap up, so maybe we'll just have the, the team uh, come up here. But um, just some, some things to highlight. If, if there is anything that was kind of highlighted whether from the words we spoke or just out of left field, the Lord has highlighted something, take that as an opportunity. The Lord wants to either start a conversation with you on that to help you address this. This, this is your season of opportunity. Maybe it's a continuation of a conversation you've already been having with the Lord, uh, whether it's relationship bounds. or I know sometimes uh, I can be sitting here listening to the message, and yet literally out of left field, something comes just to... Uh, prompt me and so I, I write it down and then I kind of have a chat with the Lord after see what it's all about there so um, as Marianne uh, said the Bible is full of these one another scriptures um, the Bible says that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind so if we want to transform our lives in the way of relationships let's get into the word let's focus on these one another scriptures and um, let's access God's wisdom and God's grace to put these things into practice in our lives Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.